Greetings, fellow learners and seekers of academic triumph. As the exams loom on the horizon, it's time to embark on a journey of knowledge, strategies, and a touch of academic magic. Welcome to Cognitive Alchemy, a exam prep toolkit. I'm your guide, Suhail, and in this podcast, we're diving deep into the labyrinth of study techniques that can elevate your learning experience. Picture this as your last-minute study companion, a virtual mentor whispering wisdom into your ears just in time for the exams. In the bustling corridors of UACHB, where the air is charged with the anticipation, or should I say stress, of this semester's exams, we're unraveling the secrets of the Feynman technique and mastering the art of blurting. But that's not all. We'll also be exploring the Parkinson's law and harness the power of energy cycles to make your study sessions as efficient as possible. Whether you're a seasoned scholar seeking to enhance your approach or, like myself, a last-minute crammer in need of a miracle, fear not. Together, we'll navigate the intricacies of these techniques, providing you with a toolkit for success in your exams. So, Grab your notebooks, find your favorite study nook, and join me on this educational adventure. Let's unlock the secrets that lie within the methods that can transform your academic journey. And as we delve into the echoes of wisdom, remember, exams may be around the corner, but with the right tools, strategies, and a sprinkle of hope, you'll not only conquer the content, but also enjoy the process. So, tighten your seatbelts, dear listeners, and let's get lost in the echo of knowledge and preparation. Welcome to your exam prep toolkit. Now, to start things up, let's talk about the Feynman technique. So, the Feynman technique, named after the legendary physicist Richard Feynman, is a powerful method that emphasizes the ability to teach a complex concept as a cornerstone of understanding. It revolves around simplifying and explaining intricate ideas in a way that someone unfamiliar with the subject could comprehend and understand. Allow me to simplify. The essence of the Feynman technique lies in the act of teaching. By articulating a concept in simple terms, you are forced to confront any gaps in your understanding. This method encourages a deep level of comprehension, as it requires breaking down complex topics into fundamental components. It's not just about memorization, but about truly grasping the underlying principles. Let me give you an example. In the realm of my own field, microbiology, um, imagine grappling with the complexities of genetic recombination in bacteria. Now, initially, I might struggle to articulate the intricacies of homologous recombination and its role in microbial evolution. However, applying the Feynman technique, I step back and break down the concept into digestible pieces. And so, in my attempt to simplify, I might draw an analogy to a puzzle where bacteria exchange genetic pieces like players swapping jigsaw puzzle parts. And by elucidating this analogy to a hypothetical friend unfamiliar with the 
concepts of microbiology, I not only simplify the idea, but also solidify my own understanding. Because, as I've mentioned before, if you actually fail at simplifying a certain concept or idea, it actually shows that you might still need to work on your own understanding of said concept. Um, another thing is that the act of teaching, even to an imaginary audience, transforms the abstract concept into a tangible, relatable narrative. And so incorporating the Feynman technique into your study routine not only enhances understanding, but also serves as a dynamic tool for knowledge retention and effective communication of complex ideas. And so by employing the Feynman technique, the once formidable concept of genetic recombination becomes more accessible, aiding both my comprehension and potential teaching endeavors. Now, the second technique that I'd like to share with you is known as the Blurton method. Now, the Blurton method is a dynamic study technique that fosters creativity and collaboration. So, unlike traditional solitary study, this approach encourages individuals to openly share and express their thoughts and their ideas without immediate evaluation. It's basically a method that thrives on spontaneity. Um, it, it helps create an environment where unfiltered brainstorming can lead to innovative insights. So, um, in the context of academic pursuits, for example, the Blurton method involves articulating ideas, questions, or potential solutions without the inhibition of perfection. Um, the process taps into the power of divergent thinking, you could say, where individuals contribute spontaneously to a collective pool of ideas. And this method is particularly effective for breaking down mental barriers and encouraging unconventional approaches to problem solving. Let's consider, for example, a microbiology study group at USDHB um, convening through Google Meet. All right, and they're facing a perplexing challenge in understanding the mechanisms of, say, the antibiotic resistance in bacteria. And so, instead of silently contemplating the issue, each member of the group freely shares their initial thoughts. Um, say, someone, for example, suggests exploring the role of plasmids in transmitting resistance genes, triggering a vibrant discussion. And through the Blurton method, the group explores various aspects of antibiotic resistance with ideas flowing freely. Someone proposes considering the influence of environmental factors on bacterial evolution, which then leads to an innovative perspective. And so in this collaborative digital brainstorming session, the Blurton method transforms the study group into a dynamic think tank. Um, generating insights that may not have emerged through traditional solitary study. And so by incorporating the Blurton method into microbiology studies, for example, uh, it not only enhances problem-solving skills, but it can also create an engaging and interactive learning environment. Now, it is important to note that while the Blurton method can be a powerful tool for some, 
it might not necessarily suit everyone. Um, individuals vary in their learning preferences, and for some, a more structured and solitary approach might be preferable. And additionally, the virtual adaptation of the Blatin method underscores its flexibility, making it accessible in various study environments, whether physical or digital. Moving on, let's now shift gears into the next technique, Parkinson's Law. Now, Parkinson's Law is a quirky observation that says that work tends to take up all the time we give it. Um, in simpler terms, if you have more time to do something, the task might feel bigger and more complicated than it actually is. Um, let me try and break it down for you. Imagine you have a project and you give yourself a long time to finish it. According to Parkinson's law, you might end up feeling like the project is more challenging and time-consuming than it really is, but here's the trick. If you set shorter deadlines and cut it down into smaller pieces, you might find yourself focusing better and getting things done more efficiently. Now, let us for example try and apply Parkinson's law to prepare for the uh, upcoming exams. Um, the first thing you should do is to start by understanding the topics that need to be covered, let's say for instance a microbiology exam. Try to break down the module into chapters or main concepts. Uh, for example, if the module covers bacterial genetics, microbial metabolism and uh, antibiotic resistance, list these as individual goals. Um, the second thing is, is to create a study plan. Uh, try and allocate specific time slots for each goal. Uh, and considering the unfortunate short time frame, um, focus on the most crucial concepts first. Uh, for instance, allocate the first day to bacterial genetics, the second day to microbial metabolism, and the third day to antibiotic resistance. Um, and then you need to make short study sessions. Uh, in this case, between the 4th and the 7th of January. Um, instead of planning long, exhausting study sessions, uh, break your study time into smaller, focused sessions. Aim for, uh, say, 30 to 45 uh, minute blocks with short breaks in between with a um, with a period depending on your own preference. Just make sure it's not in hours. Um, and so, this approach aligns with the uh, with Parkinson's law by creating a sense of urgency in each session. Um, and then finally, you need to do some active recalling. Try to actively recall information by quizzing yourself on key concepts, so use flashcards, summarize important details, and try to teach the material to an imaginary audience. Um, this not only reinforces your understanding, but it also aligns with the principles of the previously mentioned Feynman technique. Now, the last thing I want to talk about is energy cycles, and in case you're wondering, no, it has nothing to do with meditation. Um, energy cycles is a study technique. Um, it is based on the understanding of personal energy peaks and troughs. Um, it essentially offers a strategic approach to try and optimize study sessions based on one's natural rhythm. Um, the fundamental idea behind energy cycles is to align study activities with your body's natural energy fluctuations. It is essential to know that 
our cognitive abilities, focus, and alertness, they follow a rhythmic pattern throughout the day. And energy cycles involves around identifying these peaks and valleys, and then to schedule tasks to match the corresponding level of mental engagement. And while the energy cycles technique is more experimental than quantifiable, um, studies in chronobiology offer insights into the importance of understanding circadian rhythms. Uh, research published in the journal Sleep indicates that cognitive performance, including attention, memory, and problem solving, follow a circadian rhythm. And so optimizing study sessions in sync with these natural cycles can potentially enhance learning efficiency. And for example, imagine uh, a typical day of a USDHB student with finals looming. Now, personally, I recognize that my mind is sharpest in the morning around the 6 to 7 a.m. mark. So I strategically tackle challenging subjects like bioinformatics during this peak period. Um, in the afternoon, however, as energy naturally wanes, I shift to reviewing class notes, for example, or engaging in group discussions. Basically tasks that don't demand the same level of cognitive intensity. And so this tailored approach ensures that I make the most of my mental acuity during like high energy periods while wisely allocating less demanding tasks to energy lulls. And so by incorporating energy cycles into my study routine, I not only enhance my focus and productivity, but also create a more sustainable and efficient learning experience. And so understanding and leveraging your energy cycles is not just about studying harder, but smarter. And so by aligning my my own academic endeavors with the natural ebb and flow of cognitive energy, I create a sustainable and efficient learning experience that resonates with my unique rhythm. Um, for you, that peak period could be after midnight or in the afternoon, so obviously it is important to know what works for you and to make use of that knowledge to the best of your ability. And there you have it, friends. We've journeyed together through Cognitive Alchemy, a exam prep toolkit. Together, we've unraveled the secrets of studying smarter, not harder. From the cool Feynman technique to the dance of energy cycles, these are not just tricks for the moment, but lifelong allies in your academic adventure. So make sure you use them and use them well. And as you gear up for exams, remember that learning isn't about escaping a maze. It's about getting lost in the echo of understanding and discovery. The Feynman technique, for example, turns tough stuff into stories you can easily grasp, and, and energy cycles, well, they're like your personal energy superheroes. They help you study when your brain is at its best. And personally, one advice I can give you from someone who's been studying at USDHP for over four years now is to make sure to reserve the morning of the exam day for a final review, to quickly revisit key points and, and summaries, um, avoid cramming at this point, and try and focus on reinforcing what you've already learned and what you already know. So here's to you, dear listeners, I hope that these study techniques become lifelong companions in your academic journey. Uh, best of luck in your exams. May you shine bright with the, the knowledge you've gained. And uh, until we meet again, happy studying. And I genuinely hope you get lost in the echo of success 
Take care.